0: and welcome back to the m2 podcast where we cover your esports and personalities some gaming industry news a little bit of technology innovation and upcoming games this week we'll be covering sony's ps5 apps at launch some new information on cyberpunk 2077 and twitch issues with dmca and copyrighted music and the responses of some of their most popular streamers on the platform but first I want to talk about a new game that's taking over the Steam charts right now. Phasmophobia. Cooperative haunted house simulator, Phasmophobia is still reeling in sales and staving off some major competition in the process. The horror game is atop the Steam top sellers list for the second week in a row, outdoing Baldur's Gate 3 and Cyberpunk 2077 and some others on the Valve Store. A little over a month from its first release, the immensely popular Ghost game shows little sign of slowing down. Two weeks ago, the co-op game broke into the top five most played games on Steam with over 85,000 players at once. Now it's held onto the number one spot at Steam's top selling game for two weeks, holding steady against competition from The Outer Worlds, Grand Theft Auto V, and Among Us. For the uninitiated, Phasmophobia is a term that truly means the fear of ghosts. It is also a game that is a four-player online co-op psychological horror. Paranormal activity is on the rise, and it's up to you and your team to use all ghost hunting equipment at your disposal in order to gather as much evidence as you can. The game has been out since September eighteenth, 2020, and it was originally developed by Kinetic Games. Kinetic Games is actually a new indie game studio that's focusing on virtual reality. So one of the main reasons why this game is so exciting is that you can use a virtual reality headset and immense yourself in the horror. You can currently buy Phasmophobia online on Steam for around $13.99 USD as the, at the time of this recording. It seems to be very, very enjoyable from all the streams I've been watching. And I would highly recommend checking it out if you just want to give something new a try. Especially if you have a virtual reality headset. The The official description of the game on Steam includes the option where you can choose to support your team by monitoring the location with CCTV cameras and motion sensors from the safety of a truck or head inside and get your hands dirty with the ghostly activity that will get increasingly hostile as time goes on. Apparently, it's an immersive experience. It's cross-platform, co-op multiplayer. There are unique ghosts, so over 10 different types of ghosts with all unique traits, meaning each investigation will be different. It's an overall investigative experience where you get to use well-known ghost hunting equipment such as EMF readers, spirit boxes, thermometers, and night vision cameras to find clues and gather as much paranormal evidence as you can. And there is also full voice recognition, which means that the ghosts are listening and you use your actual voice to interact with the ghosts through Ouija boards and EVP sessions using a spirit box. The game seems to be truly innovative, and it expands the horror genre. Not to mention, it's completely taking over Twitch and Steam by storm right now. We recently received, over the past week, new information about the PS5. So if you're planning to use the PS5 for more than just gaming, whether that's to stream movies or TV shows on Netflix or play music on Spotify, you should be happy to know that Sony's next-gen console will support some of the most popular entertainment apps at launch. In a blog post last week, Sony confirmed that several popular popular streaming apps including Apple TV+, Amazon Prime Video, Disney+, Hulu, Netflix, Peacock, Spotify, Twitch, and of course YouTube would be available for the PS5 at launch on November 12th. However, One of the things that is absent that a lot of people took is the HBO Max. It's currently in a contract dispute with Amazon and Roku over the inclusion of new streaming apps on their platforms and pay TV options like Sling. But interestingly, the anime streaming service Crunchyroll, owned by the same parent company as HBO, is going to be available at launch. Additionally, the PS5 or Sony announced that they are also launching a PS5 media remote, essentially a remote control. They have four dedicated launch buttons on it, which is going to be Disney plus Netflix, Spotify, and YouTube. They also unveiled their system interface where you're going to have a separate home screen for entertainment apps such as those, which essentially gives us a better glimpse of how they intend for PS5 users to operate and own their product. They'll have one interface strictly for gaming and another interface strictly for entertainment and apps now if you are curious whether or not the new ps5 media remote will be available or included with the launch of the ps5 it will not it will have to be sold separately you can get at something like target amazon best buy and gamestop or anywhere online the going retail value for this remote is going to be thirty dollars USD So if this is something you're interested in go ahead and check it out Um, Be aware that the game or the console rather Also includes a remote control like a traditional gaming remote gamepad So you'll still be able to operate and swipe through all the different system apps Pushing along The next topic of discussion is Cyberpunk 2077 and CD Projekt Red. CD Projekt Red is a Polish developer for the game Cyberpunk 2077. CD Projekt Red is most famously known for creating the Witcher series, the video game, of course. They've been all over the news this week for a multitude of reasons. The first of which is that CD Projekt Red has been deliberately coy or murky on the details of how long it's going to take to actually play through the game and how much content's actually involved or is available for consumers to play Cyberpunk 2077. Over on the studio's Discord server, one of the developers has written a lengthy update to the fans to inform them that things have been cut. Now, if you if you're unaware of what Cyberpunk 2077 looked like during the gameplay demo back in 2018, I would suggest you go YouTube it. So this will all bring a little bit more context about what was going on and why things were cut. Now, CD Projekt Red's developer Miles, this is his name, M-I-L-E-Z-Z-X, on their Discord server made an official post, and I'll go ahead and quote it now. We never had dual wielding, and I have said my words on Techie so often. Not sure what else to say about it other than that, if you're unsure, please wait for reviews. Check whoever you trust after it launches and get their input. Not every game is for everyone. We don't have the power to change that. No one is forcing you to buy the game day one, and no one at CD Projekt Red wants you to be disappointed with a game you might not enjoy. Having said that, on the topic of cut features. Cutting features and scope is a very normal part of development. You can witness it so openly with our game because we happily gave in to the community wishes and showed you that 2018 demo. Think about it, the game, two years from release. Miles goes on to explain that development shifts and things that seem great in principle don't always work out as planned. I'm quoting, of course we iterate and change stuff And of course, we also will have ideas that sound great on paper, but then doesn't end up working out well in the game with all other features, Witcher three. We also cut a ton of stuff, but in the end, all of it made the game better. Now I understand this is disappointing for everyone when it happens and also difficult to understand without all the context of development environment. But in this case, I just kindly ask you for your trust. Just look at stories of so many other games you might enjoy. Believe me when I say that during their development, some love features also were cut, and you will still enjoy them today, maybe even because of the cuts. In the end, it is all about how much fun the game and its systems provide you, and we are doing our best to make sure it is as great of an experience as it can be. Sometimes for that, you have to make some hard decisions, and this time around, you were here to witness it. He also goes ahead and comments about CD Projekt Red's Witcher 3. If you worry about the amount of content on our game, please don't. We are notoriously bad at judging how long game time is in our games, and I remember we estimated players would max out Witcher 3 at 100 hours, so we try not to do that anymore. But I can only keep saying that I have been saying in the past, you guys have seen nothing yet. It's less than a month now soon all your questions will be answered hopefully satisfyingly and i can't wait for you all to play it finally been a long time coming at the time of this posting cyberpunk 2077 was supposed to be released on november 19th of this year for the ps5 ps4 the xbox series x and s xbox one stadia and pc now cyberpunk is going to be a massive game And honestly, of course, it's gonna look different since the gameplay demo that they released in 2018. Now that's just involving the amount of content that's within Cyberpunk 2077 and from one of the developers on their Discord server. We've talked about this before in a previous episode where we dived into CD Projekt Red asking their employees, their developers to work essentially overtime, work six days a week, Very long hours. They're obviously going to be compensated, but the entire premise behind doing that was it was the final push to get the game out in November. Now, it's crucial that the game comes out in November because it could be a launch title for both the PS5 and the Xbox Series X or S. Not to mention, the game has been super hyped up for the better part of... I would say two years for sure since the demo of 2018 but it was also known that cd project red was working on another project immediately after witcher 3 which is a highly highly awarded game i bring all of this up to talk about the most recent twitter post from the cyberpunk 2077 official profile the tweet reads hey everyone Today, we've decided to move the release date of Cyberpunk 2077 by 21 days. The new release date is December 10th. Most likely, there are many emotions and questions in your head, so, first and foremost, please accept our humble apologies. The biggest challenge for us right now is shipping the game on current gen, next gen, and PC at the same time, which requires us to prepare and test 9 versions of it Xbox One, X, compatibility on xbox series s and x ps4 pro compatibility on ps5 pc and stadia while working from home since cyberpunk 2077 evolved towards almost being a next gen title somewhere along the way we need to make sure everything works well and every version runs smoothly we are aware it might seem unrealistic when someone says that 21 days can make any difference in such a massive and complex game but they really do some of you might also be wondering what these words mean in light of us saying we achieved gold master some time ago passing certification or going gold means the game is ready can be completed and has all content in it but it doesn't mean we stop working on it and raising the quality bar on the contrary This is the time where many improvements are being made, which will then be distributed via a day zero patch. This is the time period we undercalculated. We feel we have an amazing game on our hands and we are willing to make every decision, even the hardest ones, if it ultimately leads to you getting a video game you'll fall in love with. Yours, Adam Badowski and Marcin Iwinski. That's the two most Polish last names ever. Badowski? Badowski? Hopefully I said his name right. No disrespect, obviously. To be honest, when I first heard about this news, I ultimately thought, wow, they really, really can't finish the game on time. But from this tweet, they're basically claiming, hey, the game is essentially finished. You're probably going to have a massive update. On the moment you turn the game on uh, Hopefully that fills in with all the other Content that we couldn't actually get into the game in the development cycle but the main issue that they're having is Testing the nine different versions of the game. I'm sure that's going to be a hell of a challenge for them um, I hope I, I don't really know how development goes. I know from my experience as an engineer in a completely different industry this type of like uh, crunching of time is normal. Sending out revisions and addendums and stuff like this later on makes sense. I get that. But their biggest hurdle now is going to be testing all different nine versions, which means that you're going to have to have either one game that is basically 100% the same and works on all of the consoles, or you can literally have nine different versions that are optimized per console i'm curious how that works if there are any game developers any developers anybody that is familiar with making a game or coding or anything like that and would actually like to fill in the lost information that i don't have on how this works i I would just love to hear your thoughts on this so feel free to reach out so we essentially have to wait Till December 10th to play cyberpunk 2077 that's good news for anybody that wants to save up money that can't afford the Xbox Series X or S yet you essentially have another month um, to keep saving hopefully uh, if you're a younger guy or girl or gal or whatever go out there start mowing lawns <laughs> save up $500 still got time for another capture card if you're like me and you're just waiting around to see if you can find a deal on the RTX 3080s or 3090s. Now, the biggest news of this week is the drama of copyright music being played on Twitch and what Twitch plans to do about it. Twitch is taking action against copyrighted music in response to the music industry pressure. There have been warnings throughout the past couple of months from high executive massive companies in the music industry that are threatening to take down the entire company because a large amount of streamers are broadcasting copyrighted music on their live streams without any type of licenses and essentially it's illegal under the dmca a dmca is the digital millennium copyright act in in the uh the overall scope of the internet this is nothing new this exact situation was happening on youtube a lot of very popular videos or content creators were including copyrighted music we're talking top 500 songs like katy perry or uh little wayne whatever it was back in the day the the problem is is that you cannot use a copyrighted song without paying for it or getting a license for it and the whole reason for this is the the dmca act is essentially implemented so that the music industry can get their fair share this would include the record company that licensed the music and owns the music and the artist the actual people who actually you know created the music get the right share or receive some type of compensation now the problem with youtube was is that things got out of hand where there were videos that were getting DMCA'd almost immediately. And the idea was, is that these record companies go out and they hire a third party to go find these videos on the websites to say, hey, go find all the copyright music that we own. And I want you to take it down or force them to pay it. Or if they're making some type of revenue off of the video, claim that revenue so that we receive it. They were incentivized to claim pretty much every video. And it got to the point where it was so out of hand that YouTube had to take a step back and put a break on the amount of takedown notices that were happening. It's essentially been sorted out now. I'm not exactly sure what they did. Not every video is being claimed now. I think a lot of it has to do with content creators realizing, okay, maybe it's not worth the risk. Let's go find some copyright-free music if we're going to use it and we'll be fine but this was back in 2018 essentially what happened on youtube in 2018 is now 2020 happening to twitch the music industry realized or they found out that twitch and the streamers that are on twitch have been live broadcasting copyrighted music and this violates copyrighted law last week Hundreds of streamers received emails from Twitch stating that videos or clips in their back catalogs had run afoul of copyright rules, resulting in deletion. Now, something similar occurred with claims from the Recording Industry Association of America, or RIAA, back in June, but this time it seems like Twitch isn't taking any type of chances. Instead of simply informing streamers that they're skating on thin ice per the rules of the DMCA, and allowing them to take initiative twitch has straight up deleted offending clips in a mass email sent to streamers who at some point in the past had broadcasted copyrighted content the company did not specify what it had deleted the email is stated as saying we are writing to inform you that your channel was subject to one or more of these dmca takedown notifications and that the content identified has been deleted. We recognize that by deleting this content, we are not giving you the option to file a counter notification or seek a retraction from the rights holder. In consideration of this, we have processed these notifications and are issuing you a one-time warning to give you the chance to learn about copyright law and the tools available to manage the content on your channel. twitch is cleaning house and doing its best to get streamers to finish the job this is not ideal for the streamers whose vods and clips represent the totality of their work tons and tons of material is going to be deleted for essentially forever all because twitch does not tell the streamers which clips which vods contain copyrighted material several twitch partners have spoken out against this one being Devin nash who is one of a previous ceos of counter logic gaming and he also runs his own talent agency for twitch and youtube or just overall content creators he said it is insane that twitch informs partners they deleted their content and that there is more content in violation despite having no identification system to find out what it is. Their solution to DMCA is for creators to delete their life's work. This is pure gross negligence. Another longtime partner, Eloheim, tweeted, count me among those that received a DMCA strike today. Sadly, the only safe answer seems to be delete all old content. People who scrubbed their VODs previously to this wave of strikes didn't avoid it. In-game music going forward is going to be a real issue. Help us, Twitch. Another streamer. T-Rex. I seriously don't understand why Twitch is so unable to provide documented reasoning as to what rules you break and when you break them. There's a giant through line for years now of people not knowing why they've been suspended. They're hit with some type of warning. And now what content is DMCA'd? So it appears that Twitch has once again failed to effectively communicate the full extent of what is actually happening. Twitch also issued a statement. They are incredibly proud of the essential service Twitch has become for so many artists and songwriters, especially during this challenging time. It is crucial that we protect the rights of songwriters, artists, and other music industry partners. We can continue to develop tools and resources to further educate our creators and empower them with more control over their content while partnering with industry-recognized vendors in the copyright space to help us achieve these goals. So let's unpack this tweet. Twitch has basically been a safe haven for artists musicians and really bands to get some form of recognition and income a lot of these bands i i watch a couple of them a lot a lot of these bands do covers similar to how you would see an open mic night or going to your favorite bar and all they do is hit the uh the most popular music that's going on In the 90s or whatever era depending on the bar you know the problem is is that online if you are doing a cover or you're having some type of your own personal interpretation of the music that's copyrighted you are subject to a dmca violation which means that the people that are streaming on twitch that do covers of like justin bieber the beatles whatever super popular artist you can think of they're subject to a dmca claim or notice or takedown or any type of violation you can possibly think of this is pretty worrisome because a lot of these people don't have the option to really go to restaurants and perform anymore make their living the other issue that's going on is that twitch doesn't give their streamers or their partners the ability to actually delete the clips or the VODs in question that have copyrighted material in it. Now, don't get me wrong, they actually do have a delete all option, but they don't notify you which clips or VODs are in violation of DMCA, copyrighted music. Any streamer or content creator on Twitch is at the point where they might need to go through hundreds of thousands of clips or VODs and try to figure out the exact section where they played copyrighted music and keep in mind you don't even have to play the music you could hum a melody you can do a cover of a song it's so loose the way that they describe a DMCA and it's all subject and all valid now most people would think oh I'll just go ahead and get a lawyer and I'll fight this claim and we'll eventually get it over with. But the problem is, is that this could be a very lengthy process and it would just be super time consuming. So what happens is, is that these Twitch streamers and partners are just left to, they have to delete decades of their content that they've had on the platform for a very, very long time. One of the most ridiculous things about deleting your content on Twitch is that You can't manually select which clips you want on their site So there's an option to Select the most recent the most viewed and delete that way, but you can only select up to a thousand or You click one button that essentially says delete all record now. This is on their site there has been a third party developer or i'm i'm assuming one or two people that have actually put this together but you can do a plugin in your browser that will delete views under or videos under a certain amount of views there have been several streamers that went ahead and actually used this or implemented it one of them was tim the tatman who ended up deleting 200,000 old clips and you had dr lupo delete 600,000 clips and xqc who we talked about previously on one of our episodes he said he deleted a terabyte or more of old clips now in the wake of all of this twitch drama that's been going on with the dmcas and copyright rules and all these streamers deleting everything you have the creative director of stadia's montreal studio alex hutchinson He ended up tweeting out on Twitter, he says streamers are worried about getting their content pulled because they use music they didn't pay for and they should be more worried by the fact that they're streaming games they didn't pay for as well. It's all gone as soon as publishers decide to enforce their licensing agreement. The real truth is streamers should be paying the developers and publishers of the games they stream. They should be buying a license like any real business and paying for the content they use the concept of paying game developers and publishers to stream their games is pretty controversial because based on the understanding that streamers especially the really popular ones promote games and help sell more of them for me and i'm sure many other people The idea of promoters paying devs and publishers seems completely backwards if anything some of these developers should be paying these hyper popular streamers and content creators money for promoting their game in all fairness google stadia has essentially come out and they said uh, the recent tweets by alex hudgeson creator director of montreal studio of stadia games entertainment do not reflect those of Stadia, YouTube, or Google. Now, they have to say that because it's pretty significant that he's an employee of Google who owns YouTube, which has its own game streaming program that relies on content creators who monetize streaming games at no charge by developers or publishers. And there's also the fact that Google is making its own Stadia game that could benefit from the current stream for free content creator understanding. There's a mutual understanding between content creators and streamers and game developers. Now they're pretty much promoting the game as long as it's good. Hopefully they don't go out there and bash the game, but they have a fair representation of what their game and their product is. The only thing that I can take some type of objection to is if a streamer or content creator is doing an entire playthrough of a story-based game that has no other content besides the story itself, like completely narrative. If they do an entire stream or entire multi-part series really, really early, a live stream, like the game just came out and they played the game start to finish. I find that, I find that kind of bad. Because you can watch the stream and realize, okay, that's what the story's about. Okay, cool. And it doesn't have any like replay through value. I understand that. But the idea of somebody playing like an arena shooter or a battle royale and having to pay the developer seems a little bit excessive. Or there's just not a good understanding between the symbiotic relationship between a content creator, a streamer, and the developer. They're promoting your game, man this is this is really good for you if anything you should be reaching out to them and having them do interviews for you and talking about why their game is good for you so that more people are more enticed to purchase your game and join their favorite streamer or creator the the actual story of twitch dmca and copyright rules are far from over there are several streamers that think that they should have boycotted any type of deletion of their content and they some of them are still actually playing copyrighted music on their streams. They feel as though Twitch is responsible for what they put on their stream. Now, that's something else entirely. But as this develops and keeps continuing forward, we'll try to keep you guys informed. So, stay tuned. We have some further episodes where we're going to be trying to get some more content creators involved, possibly interviews, just overall guests. And if you like it, please consider following me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of the other socials, or joining our Discord. I'd really appreciate that. My handle on all social medias is at MadMikeLeeU. U is the letter U. And you can catch me streaming any assortment of games if you want to come in chat talk about what's been going on for your week or whatever i stream on twitch and under the same exact social mad mike lead you anyways we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up i truly appreciate you listening and i hope you guys have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time